Hello and welcome to the Voices of Bluescope podcast, where we meet the people who work behind the scenes at Bluescope to create strength every day. I'm your host, Martin Feld. Thank you for joining us. This time, we're featuring a discussion with Justin Tierney, General Manager at Bluescope Fiji, and Bhavesh Kumar, Director of RC Manubai Group of Companies, a group that has been a long-term customer with Bluescope. Both Justin and Bhavesh, who is also known as Bob, work and live in Fiji and visited our Port Kembla Steelworks for a tour of the integrated facility. In our chat together, they elaborate on their own experiences in Fiji, share what it's like to work with people from diverse cultures, and address the challenges of managing a workforce from afar due to COVID-19. Furthermore, they give some detail about the difference that they've been able to make in Fijian building and construction by working with policymakers. Let's cross to the interview now. It's great to have you both here visiting the site. I believe this isn't your first time to Port Kemble Steelworks, am I correct? For me, it isn't. It's the second time, but this was the first time I've been right through uh, the Steelworks uh, mill. And how did you find it? Oh, exciting. I've always wanted to see the steel making uh, process. So today I had the opportunity, so thanks for that. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because it's an entirely integrated steelworks, steel, isn't it? From, yes. From beginning to end as we discovered on the tour. And Justin, you're from within Bluescope. How was it for you exploring this particular site on the tour? Yeah, it's certainly not my first visit, but um, you know what I love about coming here is it uh, reminds you just how big Port Kembler is and um, you know that uh, steel has a life of its own. And it has a journey, like uh, I guess, like we all do. So, and you always pick up something different when you come back. It's uh, there's just so much to learn, and yeah, it's really cool. It certainly is impossible to cover the entire place within the time that's no. set. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, the thing that's interesting about today's episode is that we're bringing a Fijian perspective into it from both a customer and someone internal. So, I'd like to hear from each of you. So, Justin, maybe starting with you, what can you tell us about? Blue Scope in Fiji, what, what can we learn about the business? Yeah, so something that I myself wasn't aware of until I applied for the role to become the uh, manager of the Fiji business. Lysart, uh, our role forming business has been in Fiji in Suva since 1968. So we've had, we have a very long history there. Uh, and in 2014, we acquired a business from Fletcher's called uh, Pacific Steel, which is a rebar mill. So we have a hot plant and we have a, um, a cold steel plant. Um, the Lysart business in Fiji uh, looks and feels very similar to a Lysart business in Australia in most cases. And I think the thing that I'm probably the most proud of is that I am the only uh, expat. Uh, the entire business employs just under 100 people and they're all locals. Um, you know, they come from a, a wide array of different backgrounds themselves and from different communities and villages. And they really are very loyal and and very respectful of our organisation and, and, and the privilege to work for a company like ours in Fiji, which is, which is remarkable. And um, yeah, to see the, the passion that they have for our business, um, it, it's, it's really nice, it's, it's pretty cool. And you're obviously having to toggle between those two cultural settings coming between Australia and Fiji, so that would stand out to you a lot. Yeah, it does. I mean, a lot of people like to reference bullet time. Uh, I, I actually don't agree with the the term bullet time or Fiji time. Um, yes, it's when you're on holidays, that's very much a part of Fiji and the culture, but the people are so much more than that. And, you know, they are very passionate 
very, very loyal and extremely hardworking. But the term Fiji time or Bula time doesn't necessarily give that connotation. Um, but that's certainly my experience, and it's it, um, they're very passionate people who will do almost anything to see the business and, and, and their colleagues succeed and do well, which is it's really cool. That's really interesting. And from your perspective, Bob, coming in here, what are some of the differences that you know particularly from your business coming into here? I mean, can you describe a little bit the customer relationship between you and Bluescope? So we've, uh, our uh, company, we've got a group of companies, so we've got six companies. The parent company is RC Monobai and Company. So it's a hardware uh, building materials uh, outlet. And from there, this started by my granddad in 1932. He came from India. So then business was started in the 1960s with a small grocery store and then moved into hardware. And then uh, we opened, a, my dad opened a factory for polyurethane foam uh, mattress. And in that we've expanded into uh, plastic injection, polystyrene ropes. And we also manufacture wire reinforcing mesh. And then 2002 uh, opened a roofing uh, uh, processing line. Was very thankful to New Zealand Steel for assisting in uh, supplying the coal. So prior to that, uh, RC Monobuy retail side has been dealing with Bluescope in terms of buying plates. So we retail, we get it, stock it, and sell the plates. So we've had a long, long relationship. And then we've got uh, other two companies, Glass and Mira and Ajax. So roofing, uh, RC Monobuy is a big customer of Bluescope, uh, Reba Mill also, and Roofing in profiles, uh, we do uh, buy time to time, even from when we're out of stock from Lysats in Fiji. And uh, since we've met, uh, I've met Justin, so so it's good to uh, keep talking to the Blue Scope team, be it in New Zealand or Australia, uh, which makes a difference. Bavesh mentioned earlier that he has a wire mill, uh, and what we've been able to do uh, together, both as a supplier and a customer, is actually become an advocate and a voice for building standards in Fiji. The Ministry of uh, Industry and Tourism has got essentially an adaptation of ASNZS4671, which is the rebar and mesh standard from Australia and New Zealand. And it, set, it sets in there, you know, how to manufacture this type of material for the construction industry. So what we, we embarked on together was an education program on with the government on understanding their own piece of legislation and making them aware that E-grade or seismic um, material is very important to Fiji for the protection of all Fiji citizens. Um, not a lot of people are aware that there is significant amount of um, earthquake activity through the Pacific Islands. So in Australia, for example, we have an N-grade requirement for rebar reinforcing bar, but in New Zealand and the Pacific it's an E-grade, which is a seismic grade. The same applies with mesh. mesh. So partnering with our Odahu, our um, Pacific Steel Wire Mill in Odahu in, in Auckland, getting the seismic wire, doing testings and samples in um, um, Bavesh's wire mill, sending the samples back to us in Walu Bay and Suva to do a testing on our testing facilities, and then also getting testing back in Odahu in New Zealand and getting independent testing as well to make sure that we could reproduce seismic wire and actually educate the government, educate the standards of the industry and provide a leading market mesh for the construction sector. And so we, were, yeah. we worked on that for quite yeah, a long time. Yeah. 
So it was, uh, as Justin said, uh, walking with the Ministry of Trade, uh, who looks after the standards in Fiji. So a lot of drafts were done, back and forth, meetings, emails happened. So finally, uh, they, uh, they understood. Uh, it was uh, both our, our persistence in terms of making them understand that that standard uh, they had adopted. There have been changes, obviously, with the Christchurch earthquakes. The seismic requirements have changed. Uh, it's become much more stricter in Fiji. All the construction is based on seismic to New Zealand standards. So yes, so worked very hard, and finally they've done. So just a few days ago, I asked a sent a reminder to the ministry, and it was good to hear they've said they've forwarded the paperwork to the Solicitor General to vet it, and then it goes to cabinet and becomes a law. So all that hard work over the last two years. Is, uh, we can now see the light end of the tunnel, which is good for the industry and the people of Fiji. Few, uh, few other things, we are also working on uh, roofing uh, standards are being up updated also. So we are involved in that. Uh, we have had that uh, old Australian standard that has adopted in Fiji, but it's obviously a lot of changes have been done. And uh, Fiji is totally uh, follow, follows the Darwin and Northern Territory because of the cyclonic conditions. So Fiji is totally cyclonic uh, conditions. So the, well, we would like to uh, encourage the government that all the role formers that are rolling, that they have their material tested. So everyone supplying in the Fiji market, minimum uh, thickness and tested products. So that is the next uh, stage of updating uh, that Australian's uh, roofing standards. And that includes the fixings as well. Yes. So, you know, a lot of, we, there's a lot of people that talk in the market that are roll formers that are talking specifically about material, um, so coil or thickness or gauge, things like that. But there's not a lot of conversation unless it's coming from um, Bob or myself around the fixings and how you secure a roof to a building. Um, that is equally as important as what you're using for your roofing material. So there's a lot of conversations we're having, particularly with the Standards Board and with the Ministry of, in, uh, of uh, Trade. Um, and it's... I guess that's one of the, the great parts of working in a country like Fiji. You can get direct access to the permanent secretary or the head of the department. You can get direct access to the people that are um, needing to listen and, and they want to learn. They know that they are law facilitators. They make the legislation. They put the legislation in. They openly admit that that doesn't mean that they understand the intent of the legislation. So. You know, they, they really do encourage open dialogue with industry to come and talk to them and, and, and educate them about why standards are important. Um, and we work with the Australian High Commission over there, the, the, the High Commissioner to, for Australia, the Honourable John Feeks. He's actually, through DFAT, funded someone from the Australian Standards Board to work with the Ministry of Trade in standards to help them improve their, just the, their mechanism and understanding of standards. So to, to be able to partner both in as a customer and supplier and then even as two um, competing role formers, to be able to sit together and be advocates for improving construction standards and materials, it's, it's an exciting thing to see as we move forward because buildings are going to improve. The quality of life of people that rely on these buildings for their own shelter and wellbeing or for holidays is going to get better. And, and the cyclones are not getting any less stronger, they're becoming more and more stronger, obviously, as we know, with climate change and now this year also. So definitely we have to improve in all those standards to make sure people's house 
the houses they live in is secure and does not get damaged when a cyclone comes here into Fiji. It's a fact of life. Every year, you we just it's taken that we should get one, you know, minimum one passing through. It's a, like a relative visiting, so you just got to make sure that all the properties are secure. It's one of those unwelcome relatives. Unwelcome here. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I'm living in a temperate zone, so this is all very valuable information for me about what's going elsewhere in the world. Um, and I love what you're saying about the collaboration between different groups, business, government, talking to each other. We're not working in isolation here in these sites. There are flow-on effects. And I know that you both have your own respective stories about being in Australia at the moment, yes. we have a very interesting public health situation. I'm sure people have heard of it. It's yes. COVID-19. <laughs> Living under a rock if you haven't heard of it. Um, you've both been here for a while. Uh, I don't know if you can both speak to the circumstances under which you're here. Uh, Justin, what's it been like and how long have you been here in Australia, given that you're normally in Fiji running the business over there? Yeah, so we flew out on the, um, the last plane out of Nandi. Um, a bit like the cold chisel song almost, but uh, <laughs> uh, the 24th of March and we've been living out of a suitcase and going from stays or Airbnb every two to three weeks just due to the uncertainty around what COVID would mean to a country like Fiji, about 890,000 people, but don't, doesn't have the medical infrastructure that somewhere like Australia does. So uh, with the full support of my uh, one-up manager, uh, Jason Dale, it was decided that the best thing would be for the family and I to come back to Australia and here we are we've got lock borders and inability to fly <laughs> back and visas and you know working remotely so I think one of the real positives is um, I actually had to um, not just put a business shirt and a pair of shorts on I actually put a pair of shoes on and a pair of trousers today which was great this is an event it's, it's like an a event. dress up novelty it's absolutely an event so but I think for us um, you know we're just happy that we're all together as a family and you know and thankful that you know we've all learned to adopt working from home mentality something that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with prior something that I felt when you go to work you go to work and then that's what you do you turn up my my I guess my opinion of working from home now is, is considerably changed and our business is doing well we're staying connected our people are doing well in the business over there and you know we're managing and surprisingly managing you know, pretty well do I wish I was there yeah absolutely uh, Fiji's had over 190 days of no community transmission and it's more about you know, wanting Australia and New Zealand to open to the Pacific but obviously they're, they're not doing that to protect the Pacific because we still have um, you know, a journey here that we're still battling with from a COVID perspective. Bob, you as well? Yes, same. So I came here end of February. My family stays in Sydney. So I've been travelling back and forth in Sydney the last 20 years. So it was supposed to be a two-week trip and I was booked to fly on March 15th and obviously things went south by March 17th. So I decided to stay back because as Justin said, medical facilities are a bit short in Fiji and we didn't know how COVID was going to turn out or what it was in the early days. So I decided to stay back and if things changed, then go down to... Yep, and now I've decided, uh, finally I'm booked so first week, uh, second week of January, so I'll be going back. So, yes, I'm, uh, definitely mastered uh, Zoom, Skype and all, all this uh, technology in terms of having meetings, uh, talking to the team. So, yeah, they, uh, as Justin has mentioned, the staff are doing well, uh, even though I'm based here, not physically there. So, they're handling the problems or any issues 
they learn, they've learned how to resolve it, uh, which is, in a way, COVID has done a lot of positive things also in terms of how businesses are run or how you do it and reliance of staff on the boss. Uh, uh, you know, every time there's any issue, small thing, they'll run to you or how this has happened. But now they're isolated type, so they learn how to resolve those issues also. The thing that you're both hitting on quite well here is that it's all about adaptation. It yes. doesn't matter where you are in the world, yes. what sort of business you're running, even if it's within the same industry or steel making yes. or something that we all share, there are different cultural Both. backgrounds, different circumstances. We're all having to be flexible in this. This has been a great discussion. I've really enjoyed yeah. it. Thank you both very much for coming and I hope you enjoyed the tour. We'll see you again soon, I hope. You're stuck here for a bit more. Well, hopefully we get to Fiji yeah. soon. Uh, but yeah, no, if we're certainly in the area, we'll yeah, pop in. Uh, thank you very much for yeah, uh, giving, showing us around and uh, for everything. Thank you very much. And that's not all. During their visit, Justin also wanted to share a unique piece of Fijian culture that employees at Blue Scope Pacific Steel practice at the start of each working day. All the office crew, the salespeople, the finance people and the, and the um, operational workers, they all come into the um, operations uh, lunchroom, kitchen area, and they have their morning toolbox session. They talk about hazards and risks and anything that was identified the day before and, and basically check in with everyone. Part of that is the morning prayer. And what's quite unique and I think which is quite moving is that there's a whole wide range of diverse of uh, religious beliefs. So there's Christians, there's Muslim, there's Hindi, and there's even people that ha don't have a strong faith at all. Yet they all get there and as a sign of unity and respect for each other, they all sing the one song, the, the one uh, religious song, but they're singing it to each of their own individual um, gods. So it's actually a really show of unity and respect for each other and all of the different cultures that we have in the in the Fijian businesses. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing it with us and let's hear it now.
With that wonderful audio clip, we conclude this instalment of Voices of Bluescope. Thank you to Justin, Bavesh, and the featured employees who you just heard for their respective contributions. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to visit the links and show notes in your podcast player to find further information. For other news and updates, visit bluescope.com, follow Bluescope on LinkedIn and Twitter, and subscribe to TV Bluescope on YouTube. Thank you again for joining us. Until next time.